Hello, this is Jude from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Friday, the 7th of May. India has recorded 4.14 lakh new coronavirus cases in the last 24 hours, taking the total tally of infections in the country to over 2.14 crore since the pandemic broke out last year. The death toll has climbed to 2.34 lakh. More than 11.8 lakh people aged between 18 and 44 have been vaccinated so far across India. The total number of people vaccinating stands at 16.2 crores. The Union Health Ministry has issued standard operating techniques for vaccinating citizens who do not have a photo identity card. This includes prison inmates, the homeless and residents of mental health institutions, old age homes and rehabilitation centres. Authorities will now identify a key facilitator with a valid identity card who will be the point person for the vaccination of these groups. On the reported shortage of vaccines across states, the Health Ministry also said that over 90 lakh vaccine doses were still available with the states and union territories for their inoculation program. The ministry added that it will supply over 10 lakh vaccines to the states in the next three days. The Supreme Court today refused to interfere in the Karnataka High Court's order directing the centre to immediately increase the allocation of oxygen to the state from 965 metric tonnes to 1,200. The central government had challenged the High Court order, which was passed on May 5th. In response, the Supreme Court called the order, and I quote, a well-calibrated, well-considered judicial exercise by the High Court, unquote. In a separate hearing, the Apex Court also said it would be compelled to take action against the centre if 700 metric tonnes of medical oxygen are not provided to Delhi every day. Hospitals across India are facing an acute shortage of medical oxygen as the country experiences a catastrophic second wave of the COVID-19 pandemic. Over the last few weeks, several high courts have taken up petitions, sometimes of their own accord, relating to the government's inadequate response to the crisis, with a special focus on the supply of oxygen to hospitals and availability of antiviral drugs for COVID-19 patients. As more people scramble to find beds, oxygen and medicine, whom do they turn to? In Delhi, Mansi Das's father had COVID and his health was failing. 20 phone calls later, all hospital leads weren't panning out. Mansi did try calling one of the COVID helpline numbers set up by the Delhi government too. She didn't receive help, but she got an automated message asking how the patient was. By then, Mansi had already lost her father, who died at home on April 21st. Like countless others, Mansi had tried to find help through the designated helplines in the Delhi NCR area. To check the effectiveness and efficiency of these numbers, News Laundry's Anna Priyadarshini made nearly 200 phone calls to 30 helpline numbers in Noida, Gurugram, Faridabad, Delhi and Ghazibad. In almost all her attempts, the numbers were either switched off, busy or unresponsive. Head to newslaundry.com to read Anna's report titled, Zero Leads After 200 Calls. What's the use of NCR's COVID helplines? As governments fail and citizens are forced to look after themselves, it's more important than ever for the media to fill in the gaps. Along with our other reports, we've also sent a team of our four reporters to Uttar Pradesh to report on the COVID crisis. If you aren't a subscriber already, now's the time to join the movement to keep news free and independent. Go to newslaundry.com and hit the subscribe button at the top right-hand corner. Lowest subscription starts at 300 rupees a month only. Pay to keep news free. The Bombay High Court has asked municipal corporations in Maharashtra to adopt the model followed by Mumbai Civic Body, Prehan Mumbai Municipal Corporation, in handling the COVID situation. A bench of Chief Justice Dipankar Datta and Justice G.S. Kulkarni also proposed the private hospitals should set up their own oxygen plants to tackle increasing demand of the gas. The direction came as Mumbai registered 3,056 new COVID cases and 69 deaths. 
the city's daily count of infections remained below the 4000 mark for the sixth day in a row on tuesday may 4th the maharashtra government resumed its vaccination drive for those aged 45 and above after a halt of 5 days owing to short supply of vaccines news laundry's diksha munjal and tanishka sodi spent 4 hours at mumbai's biggest vaccine center where 8000 people were vaccinated on wednesday They witnessed scenes of confusion and pandemonium, including a near stampede situation as people waiting for hours under the blazing sun pushed through barricades to enter the facility. Read their report titled "A Near Stampede: How Mumbai's Biggest Vaccination Center Was Overwhelmed." Various zones of the Indian railways have discontinued several trains under further notice in view of surge in coronavirus cases and low occupancy. According to the Indian Express the Northern Railways cancelled 28 trains plying to and from the national capital Delhi the list includes premium trains like Rajdhani Express to Chennai and Bilsapur and 8 Shatabdi Express including those to places like Kalka Habibganj Amritsar Chandigarh Meanwhile Russia has approved a single dose version of the Sputnik 5 coronavirus vaccine the new version called Sputnik Lite has an efficacy of about 80% Globally the coronavirus has now infected more than 155.6 million people and killed over 3.25 million since the pandemic broke out in December 2019 over 9.19 crore people have recovered from the infection yesterday the world health organization warned of a new wave of covid-19 infections in africa due to delayed vaccine supplies a slow rollout and new variants the african bureau of the un agency said that the continent had to catch up with the rest of the world in terms of vaccine rollouts Australia will resume repatriation flights for some citizens in India after a controversial ban on arrivals from the country ends on 15th May BBC reported about 900 Australians are registered with the government in this group there are over 9000 Australians currently in India authorities in Kashmir have barred doctors from speaking to the media and have directed the oxygen manufacturing units to stop supplies to the NGOs and private users According to Al Jazeera, the order was issued by the region's Department of Health, which warned doctors of strict disciplinary action since contradictory and confusing messages were being circulated about the pandemic. The order said these messages misinformed the public and created unnecessary and avoidable panic. In Kashmir, which has nearly 27,000 active cases, hospitals have been running short of beds with patients scrambling for oxygen cylinders, medicines and medical equipment such as oxygen concentrators. Kashmiri doctors said that the order is aimed at stopping them from flagging genuine issues relating to the healthcare system in the region. DMK president MK Stalin has sworn in as the chief minister of Tamil Nadu at the Raj Bhavan in Chennai today. The oath was administered by Governor Banwari Lal Purohit. A total of 34 ministers took the oath to form the new cabinet in Tamil Nadu. Soon after assuming office, Stalin announced a slew of measures for the public. The state government will bear the cost of covid treatment at private hospitals for patients registered under the chief minister's health insurance scheme. 4000 rupees will be given to each facility as covid assistance and all women can travel for free in state owned buses. The new chief minister also said a department will be set up in 100 days for grievance redressal. The DMK led coalition had won 159 seats in the 234 member assembly. Stalin's party alone managed to secure victory in 133 constituencies. Meanwhile, All India NR Congress chief N Rangaswamy also took oath as the new chief minister of Puducherry. He was sworn in by Governor Tamilisai in a brief ceremony at the Raj Bhavan. The other ministers in his cabinet will be sworn in later, according to NDTV. The Ministry of Finance today said that the devastating surge in infections will have a mutated economic impact as compared to the first wave. 
The observations were made in the Finance Ministry's monthly economic review report for April. The report said, and I quote, With the second wave of COVID-19 infections forcing localized or statewide restrictions, there is a downside risk to growth in the first quarter of first year 2021 to 2022, unquote. According to the Finance Ministry's report, the impact of growing COVID infections and consequent restrictions was also evident from indicators like the Mobility Indicator, which fell to minus 37% in April 2021 from around minus 22% in the preceding month. Yet, the ministry said that there were reasons to expect that the impact won't be as serious as compared to the first wave of the pandemic last year. It emphasized that experience from other countries suggested that economic impacts from subsequent waves are smaller than from the first as economies learn to operate with COVID. While acknowledging the role of vaccines as double effective in battling the spread and shielding the economy, the ministry said that the need of the hour was to expand vaccination at a fast pace. Petrol and diesel prices in the country were hiked for the fourth straight day, touching record highs. In the national capital, the petrol price today rose by 28 pese, while that of diesel increased by 31 pese. The recent hikes this month have erased all the reduction in fuel rates that came during the four revisions between March 24th and April 15th. In the past four days, petrol price has increased by 87 pese per litre and diesel has climbed by rupee 1 in New Delhi. The United States has deployed a dozen additional warplanes to strengthen the protection of American and coalition troops making a final withdrawal from Afghanistan. General Milley, chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, said that while Taliban insurgents were launching between 80 and 120 attacks every day against Afghan government targets, there had been no attacks against US and coalition forces since the withdrawal began on May 1st. The general said that the Pentagon was considering options for continued support of Afghan government forces after the troop withdrawal was complete, including possibly training Afghan security forces in another country. That would be in addition to urging the Congress to authorize continued financial assistance to the Afghan forces, which has been in the range of $4 billion a year for many years, and possibly providing aircraft maintenance support remotely from another country. That's all the news we have for you today. Stay safe wherever you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.